0: How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. But actually, before I get into that, um, this semi uh, geeky news, but super exciting at the same time. Um, a game that is actually the only game that ever made me buy a PlayStation in the first place, like uh, a long time ago, because I've been Team Xbox for a long time is um metal gear solid uh i've been a huge fan of this series since my friend chester a long time ago introduced it to me when i was man i want to say i was like 12 years old 13 years old yeah i think i was like 13 years old but fascinated by the game it it was just the the premise the storyline uh i got hooked i've played every single one of them um Except for the newest one, except for, uh, five, just because I never owned a PlayStation, uh, four, but fell in love with all of them. And honestly, I I think five is probably the, the, I think everyone would agree would probably be the worst out of all of them. But, um, uh, Metal Gear Solid, um, Snake Eater and Metal Gear Solid two are definitely like my top three favorite of all the games in the, in the series, but it's awesome to see, and I, I thought this was really cool, Oscar Isaac, who if you're familiar with, if you're not, he's a really good actor. I really enjoy him. I, I think uh, he's intriguing. He's played in a lot of different roles. He started in Star Wars. Um, he was in, what's that name called, or that movie called Annihilation, I think, with Natalie Portman. Um, What other movies was he in? He wasn't in a, a few other movies, but essentially, um, oh, Ex Machina. That's right. He was like the 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 inventor of the AI. Just a, a well rounded actor. I, I enjoy him. I think he's a really great guy. But I saw and I, I didn't I did not notice. But last year, in an interview on a different movie that he did called Triple Frontier. like normally like when a new movie comes out like the whole cast gets on like media and they kind of get interviewed and blah 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 blah. and the new uh like the person i was interviewing the cast uh, i forget which like which news organization was interviewing him but i asked him like is there any kind of like new movies that you're planning on being in and like was asking like the group any new movies that you guys are planning on, like, being in or, like, would be excited to, to like, to possibly be a part of. And I thought it was really cool that Oscar Isaac actually came out and said, like, I would definitely want to be in a Metal Gear Solid movie. And the guy asked him, uh, what role would you want to play? And he was like, dude, seriously? Snake, <laughs> like, the main character. And so uh, that movie's coming out and uh, it's super exciting. He's going to be solid snake. Um, Sony's going to be the one handling it and they've got a pretty good director and I think they've got, I think they already picked out the producer as well, but I'm hoping for the best. I'm really hoping for the best. Most video game movies tend to really suck, but I think this one's going to be really great and it's going to be an espionage type of, of movie i'm not going to go into too much detail about the metal gear universe it's it's really complicated uh hideo kojima is like the the creator of the series and it's a fascinating guy very artistic his games are like movies um but it's just so so complicated it it would take its own podcast to explain it but essentially um What I did want to talk about today on today's podcast is one, I'm super excited about tomorrow. Uh, Both me and my friend Brian are are super excited to start recording these podcasts. Uh, So if you did not listen to yesterday's podcast, I announced that I'm going to be uh, creating another secondary podcast. This will be a weekly format podcast where essentially me and a good friend of mine, uh, one of my oldest friends, are going to be – co-hosting uh, a podcast where we're essentially not sure yet the, the, the direction that we want to do, but one of the, the key components of it that I wanted was that I could have someone on that didn't agree 100% on every single thing that I believed in or or disagreed with. And so it'll be good to kind of get a differentiating perspective on many different talking points, current events, beliefs. You name it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, tomorrow, our first one that we're going to be talking about, and I don't know yet how I'm going to upload it because um, I think what I want to do is record a, a few of them. So you might not even hear these until New Year's uh, or you who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll be so excited from our first episode that we'll just upload it. And we don't even have a name yet for the podcast. So I, I don't even know uh part of the thing is when i get on the phone with him or video chat is we're gonna have to like figure out exactly like a name for it but i'm hoping like i tend to do pretty well with solving issues when it comes to like critical points and so i'm hoping that the name is just going to come to me i've been thinking of like things that we we grew up together and some jokes and some but they're really silly and i just don't want to name the podcast after because it'd be really an inside joke between me and him but you know maybe that works as well um so that's one thing i'm I'm super excited about and our outside of the solid snake and the metal gear solid movie coming out but what i really 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 wanted to talk about is the i it's this idea that um it's not new this isn't something that i made up but it's really fascinating in the sense that I I view technology as an empowering tool uh and uh relatively speaking the internet like the internet is a powerful tool for uh expression um to create value from an individual and it's just a a great source for knowledge like to gain information like before Back before the internet existed, I remember because I'm that old now, but seriously, like I remember being a kid and having to go to the library and check out books or sit down at the library and read books in the library at my school. And I used to enjoy reading the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I don't know if you've ever looked at that book. They don't exist anymore, I don't think, but... It was like a 25 volume. Each volume of book was like 300, 400 pages of really small written words. And it, it really touched, and they released them every single year. And they touched on everything that was known to man up to that given point. And I was always fascinated by it. And I regret never actually buying an Encyclopedia Britannica as a kid like for a given year but i knew my parents would just never justify spending it was expensive like to buy the entire volume would probably cost i think it was like 100 150 bucks a year for all of them and so uh instead i would just check them out of the library but that's pre-internet like that was like when you have to go to library not library cards but like i'm already forgetting the term for these things you would go and you would have to like search the author's name and then it would tell you like the, which section of the library, the the book that you're looking for would be. And just like navigating a library. Like I wouldn't even know what to do if I went into one now, it's been years. I mean, I think the last time I went to a library, was like five years ago. And I was only to like rent movies because uh, that's the thing that you can do. Technically, if you're, if you don't have any money, or you don't want to spend money on movies is before streaming actually took off like it has, um, you can just get a library card and check out movies for free from your local library. But uh, yeah, technology is an amazing tool. And like I said, the internet, it's just fascinating. And the conveniences that we have, the, the access to power that we have, they say, uh, I love this saying, you as a person have more power in your hands now than the president of the United States had 60 years ago, which is pretty insane when you think about it. And it's true. I mean, literally the things that you could do off your cell phone, just off your cell phone, like social media influence, um, you could hack, you know, critical infrastructure from your phone. That would probably be very annoying to try to do, but there's a lot of things you could do off this device. Like literally if you understood computer science, in engineering, there's a lot of different things that you could do off your cell phone. You could be a photographer. You can move people with, your, with the way that you take pictures. You could draw things on your cell phone. You could be an artist. That could be a moving thing. You could write. You could write novels. You could record videos, audio, you name it. And like I said, there's just so many different things you could do. You Just have a social media presence, like a large one, that just sways so many people's perspectives. It's, it's so much power that you can have in your hands when you think of it that way, but at the same time, all of this technology really dumbs down everything else. Like I remember as a kid, I used to love being hands-on on things. Like I used to love breaking things apart, rebuilding them, building things, like building forts when I was a kid, building like, uh, ramps when I was like a skater, we would build like ramps, it's like just being more hands-on. I was like always more hands-on electrical engineering. My parents used to get me uh these re- this really cool electrical engineering set when I was a kid where essentially it was a circuit board, plain circuit board. It came with tons of wires and other components like capacitors. And it had like a 300-page or not 300-page, but like 300 different things you could make out of the circuit board depending on how you arranged the wiring and the capacitors and the resistors. You could create uh, like a radio. You could create like an alarm. It was like really cool. Like you could just, and it told you step by step how to do this and you just plugged it into the wall and it would cre- like a, give it a power source. And then you would essentially tell the circuit board what to do with that power. Um, It was that fascination in that actually that got me so excited to get into like learning how to build PCs and, that's the only hands-on thing I know how to do and I I only do it so often. It's whenever I want to build a new computer and it's not very often as well. But uh, I I just I was watching a video CNBC was talking about Google Maps and just like their influence over society and how slowly but surely uh Alphabet which is the owner of Google is slowly figuring out ways to monetize all the information that they have because Billions of people are using Google Maps now. Like all over the world, everyone's using Google Maps. It's the predominant, most popular, like, directional-based application you can use for, like, navigation. Um, and so Google has a, a huge influence on what they can do within that app because so many people depend on it. And the competition really doesn't uh, – there's not really that gra- – it's not really that great. And so – I had this theory uh, like a year ago, I thought to myself, man, if Google really wanted to, they could go to a business and be like, hey, we could generate a tenfold increase in foot traffic to your business. If you just pay us like an X amount of money uh, per month, we could generate more traffic to you. And then you as a business owner would be like, well, how, how how could you do that? Well, there's multiple different ways we could do it. We can make your pin on Google Maps look unique. We can give you like a bolder text. We can have you show up like when people search an area, like even if it's like an expanded area, like let's say 10 miles, you'll still your pin will still show up. Boom, that's one thing. Second, what we could do is, because Google Maps, like if, if you haven't recognized this already, does not give you the fastest route to places. If you're a local in your area and you've driven through the area a lot and you know the back roads, and you know how bad traffic can be. Like I had to learn that here in Las Vegas. Google Maps will always take you on a scenic route. And I found myself sometimes following Google Maps even though I know there's faster ways to get around. And it's almost like as if they they are manipulating people to take certain routes. Not because the, they want to give the impression that this is the fastest route to get somewhere. But it's almost like they want you to pass by as much commerce as possible. And so that's another thing that they could do. They could tell a business like, hey, you know, right now, not many people take your streets and we don't promote your road at the moment as well. But could you imagine if we started anyone that's going from point A to point B and your road is or your business is located in between those routes, we could start forcing, not forcing people, but recommending to people that a route they can take, and and it doesn't necessarily need to be the fastest, but we can sell it as if it's the fastest. We can start generating more traffic down your road than uh, ever before. I mean, of course you as a business owner are going to do that. And so I was fascinated by watching this uh, article or this like video segment on CNBC talking about Google Maps and its influence over time. And a lack of competition out there. And I was like, man, I remember back in the day just like whipping out a map. Like every car had to have a map. Like if you were ever planning on going to a different state, you had to go to like a Barnes & Noble or a -a Books-A-Million and buy a map. There was no Amazon. There was no like you could go to Walmart, I guess, and maybe they would have it. But like normally the bookstores would have like all the different current maps for different areas. And then you would have to like buy a map keep it in the backs of your car. And then when you entered the state or the new region, you would have to whip out the map to understand where you were going and, and like pinpoint and navigate. And you didn't know how much time it took. You would just kind of had to do the math. You would have to say like from, there would be like a compass and everything. And you would have to do the math of like, okay, it's this many miles. If I drive this fast, it'll take me probably this amount of time to get there. Not accounting for any traffic because if there's traffic, you don't even know. And then finally, like, MapQuest became a thing. And then so you would be able to, like, say where your uh, destination is and, where, like, where you're originating from. And it would give you, like, a step-by-step. <laughs> Man, it's so funny to think about the evolution of navigation. Just something as simple as this. um, It would give you, like, a step-by-step, like, make the right turn on this road. And then step two, go 60 miles and make a left turn on this road. And then you could uh, you could print it out on a printer like on a sheet of paper and take that with you, and then eventually they kind of put it on a phone on like an app, but then like Google Maps came out and then that slowly started to take off. But it, it's it's amazing to see just how empowering technology could be, right? But at the same time, how dumb it can make you as well. Before cell phones came out, I mean, most people um had to remember phone numbers. Like when uh you had home phones, I would ha- I like I can I've memorized like six phone numbers or so like very important phone numbers. Outside of that, I don't know anyone's phone number. But back in the day people would remember so many different numbers. And it's not like people back then were stupid and like they were wasting a lot of their resources on like remembering phone numbers or or learning how to use maps or whatever, whatever. It was almost like as if you were you were more and more people were were critical thinkers, and I feel like technology is removing this ability to be a critical thinker. It's like, oh my god, if I can't Google it, I'm screwed. That's like the universe we live in now, and it's insane. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm very fortunate in the sense that I grew up in a time period where, at my youth, that wasn't the case, and then as I gotten older, the conveniences have been great. And it also, I can, I appreciate the level of, of power that technology can give to me because I, I am part of a generation that saw the before and and saw the transition into where it's at now. And, and I've been exposed and utilizing all aspects of like the old way and the new way, whereas like the new generation doesn't understand the old way and the old generation doesn't understand the new way of doing things. I feel like the people like in my age group, as long as they, have been like incorporating different aspects of like technology and the old ways of doing things. They kind of understand how to do it both ways. And my biggest fear is actually unlearning those things from not utilizing them. Um, I was just so much more handy when I was, when I was younger now, like I feel like I have to like, if there was something I needed to get repaired, I would pay someone to do it. Right. Because I'm just so lazy. I don't want to do it myself. And I don't think that's the appropriate approach to take at things. And so I'm trying to motivate myself to – I have a lot of technology in my house, like a lot, and a lot of it that I haven't used in a long time. And I really want to motivate myself. This stuff is really going to sit around. I've owned it for years. I don't know if I'm ever going to sell it. If I ever do sell it, it's because I'm moving somewhere somewhere. And I don't even think I would sell it on an individual basis as well because I'm too lazy to list every single individual thing unless it's, like, something I know that's super expensive or has a lot of value to it. And so I want to, like, look at things that I know that I'm not going to get much for and just start, like, picking at it, like, taking it apart because, like, I've always enjoyed doing that, but I just don't do it anymore. And I I know why. It's because I'm just lazy. It's just because I I don't want to do it. And I don't don't want that to be the case for my daughter. And like I'm so excited that when when she gets older, I want to do like a lot of camping. I want to do a lot of survival stuff. I want to do like a lot of like uh, I have a lot of friends that are like ex-military or current military, ex-special forces, uh, ex-like federal agencies. And like I want to like pick their brains and also pay them for their time to kind of take me and my family or just me and my daughter, if my wife doesn't want to do it, it doesn't seem like something that she wants to do. But essentially, like, go through training on how to, like, survive in different environments. I think that's a, a super important tool. And um, that's something that I definitely want to do and, and get more involved in. Because I just I, – I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, I enjoyed being a Boy Scout when I was a kid. Like, I learned how to fire my first gun as a Boy Scout – I learned how to like survive off the land, I ate bugs. And like honestly, it was the it was the Boy Scouts that really got me into an appreciation for the military and that kind of lifestyle and that perspective of things because no one in my family served in the military and and um no one was like pro military in my family. I mean, both my uh parents were immigrants and so Uh, and they did never did that in their country as well. So yeah, that's definitely, I don't want to ever allow, like, I feel like I'm getting to a point where I'm becoming too dependent on technology and I'm, I'm slowly trying to kind of get away from that. I'm like trying to get away from technology as best as possible and become more hands-on again. And I got a lot of things I want to try to do, um, in the years to go, and the, one of the reasons why that this is very important to me is that I'm going to need these skill sets if I really am planning on progressing towards Project Green and and living a self-sustaining lifestyle off of a big plot of land and, and doing something like this with friends and family. Like everyone needs to be dependable to be able to manage their, their specific situation and then rely on one another if something becomes a little too too critical for their knowledge. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's honestly what I wanted to talk about. It's, it's just, it's so fascinating how like I can learn so much from technology, but if I allow like my day-to-day life to be dictated by it, like artificial intelligence is just making people so stupid. Like having Alexa's, uh, Google, uh, Google now, um, or series literally making people so stupid. Like You're not even searching for information anymore. You're just kind of, oh, that's the answer. (laughs) I don't know how I got to the answer, but that's the answer. And I just, I don't want to, I don't want that to be me. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I'll catch you guys all manana. Peace.